I kept asking questions. I kept asking different doctors. I mean, I was being treated by doctors from around the world and I still kept asking questions, knowing that somewhere was going to be the answer. And I was willing to look for the answer outside of the box. And so when you keep asking questions, I see that with my patients, my patients come to me sometimes and they've seen eight or nine chiropractors. They've been to the neurologist, they've been everywhere and they're frustrated, but they still keep looking for solutions. They keep looking for a way. And so many of my successes in life have come from being willing to look outside the box that it does not have to be a straight line. It does not have to be what you think. It could be something completely different. And so when those things have come to me, it's because I was willing to see them. And I think, that has helped me in many points along the way. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith Austin and Misty Garrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, hey, hey. I am Kimberly Smith Austin, and I want to welcome you to the Made to Inspire podcast. We are so excited to be back here this week, continuing on our series about idea to income to action. Nope, that's not it. From idea to action to income. See, friends, we believe that when those three things are combined, you have an opportunity to transform your life and really live out your passions. It is with great pleasure that today, I have my awesome and amazing co-host, Misty Kerrigan. Hey, Misty. Hey, Kimberly. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening, thank you for downloading. And we have an amazing show for you today. We're getting lots of people requesting we continue a few more people in this uh, series that we started. I don't know about you, but me and Kimberly love reading books. But what we love even more is when people read amazing things and then they apply it. And I truly want to say I would not be where I am today without our next guest. Um, because of our next guest, I'm able to be in a zone where I could focus on my genius. I am able then to be uh, at Kimberly's disposal where she tries to kill me. Um, if you're following our reels, uh, taking me on hikes. But I'm able to be active and do everything I do because of Dr. Tina. Welcome to the show. Hello, Dr. Tina. Well, we're not here today to talk about just what you do. We really want to dive in behind that and get where, where did you wake up one day and be like, I'm going to adjust people. How did this all start? Well, it all started when I was 14 years old. So um, my life, I had a lot of pain and discomfort and health issues. And when I was 14, a chiropractor adjusted me for the first time. And it was the first time I ever had relief. It was the first time I ever felt better. And I asked her a lot of questions about why it worked and what she did. And it made perfect sense to me. I went home and I told my parents, I'm going to become a chiropractor. And I never looked back. At 14. At 14. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm fortunate because I've been in practice for 25 years now. We won't do all the math, but <laughs> I'm still crazy passionate about what I do. So clearly it was the right decision to make, even if it was just a sudden 14 year old decision. Wow. Now at 14, you made this life altering, I'm going to call it life altering decision because of an experience you had with the chiropractor. 
So here you are, fast forward 25 years later and deciding, well, not only deciding, achieving what your dream was, but I want you to take us back a little bit through the process. 14, you made the decision, but what happened after and, and in your life? What type of education? What kind of training? Who do you partner up with to become who you are today? The loved Dr. Tina. Well, let's see. So right away, I was fortunate enough that that chiropractor who adjusted me kind of lined up for me what I would need education wise. So even in high school, I was super focused on where I was going to go to school, what that was going to look like. Um, I selected the chiropractic college I was going to go to just knowing it was the largest and most renowned in the world. So for me, there was no other way. So everything really was lined up for me in a we must do these things to get to Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Um, So that's what I did. I stayed hyper-focused on that and then did some undergraduate work in California, moved to Iowa to complete my graduate degree and become a doctor of chiropractic. The chiropractic program itself um, is about three and a half years long of double time school, they call it. It's about a five and a half year program done in three and a half years. And so I lived in Iowa being, again, hyper-focused on getting that education During that period of time, though, the health problems that I had somewhat continued. So the chiropractic always gave me relief, but it was very much like taking pain relievers. It was temporary and the problem came back. Um, I eventually started having severe migraine headaches, daily headaches and things that were kind of getting in my way of getting an education. In my first year in chiropractic college with the stress of studying, they spiraled out of control. And I literally hit a point where I told my family, you know, I don't know that I'm ever going to get a degree. I don't know if I'm ever going to have a career or any type of of big thing happening in my life because I'm sick all the time. I have no energy and I'm constantly dealing with these headaches. Fortunately for me, that was when another student said, you need to try this specific type type of chiropractic. I think it's going to help you. And I was skeptical. He looked at me and said, what do you have to lose? I said, absolutely nothing. Nothing. So yeah, you got to love those moments. So I switched. I um, went and got my first upper cervical adjustment and that was life altering. That very first adjustment made me realize there was something different happening here. Um, I actually started to get better. My headache started to subside. And that then gave me my focus within my practice. I knew that if that's what it took for me to get well, that was the care I wanted to provide for my patients. So then that in added that once I had my degree, also what postgraduate training I wanted to do, how I wanted my practice to look like and to feel like and the kind of patients I wanted to care for. Um, So I graduated from chiropractic college in 1996. And at that time, um, I knew some doctors in the San Francisco Bay area who were going to open a large office and they had funding for x-ray machines and all the big equipment we'd need. So I moved to Northern California and opened practice there. And I practiced in San Mateo, California for six years. And I loved the people there and I loved the community. But by the time I hit about the fourth or fifth year, I realized that all of my family was in Southern California and I was living in the dot-com boom of Northern California, which wasn't really cohesive to long-term strategy. So that's when I made a really critical decision to sell my practice that I had up there, to relocate back to Temecula, California, and to start from scratch all over again. And I did that in 2002. I want to add to that, Tina, because I know... um one of my cousins is also a chiropractor and and it's a very similar field to they don't teach you how to run and start and scale a business, right? It really just is. Here is the practice that you'll be doing. What were some of the things that, cause you had to fill the gap on uh, from a chiropractor to business owner. And those are two separate things, Mm -hmm. even though you're one person, 
what are some of the things that you could give to our listeners that are kind of in the same thing? I know massage therapists, dentists, there's a lot of professions that teach you profession, but not business. So I think it was very fortunate early on being a learner and a reader like you, you both. I read the E-Myth and the E-Myth mm, book. <laughs> It was eye-opening for me. I And that was literally my aha moment of, wow, you have these skills and no business knowledge. But if you know what you don't know, you know then where to go looking for, for that information. Um, I, early on, whenever someone invited me, Tina, come to this meeting. Tina, you should go to the Chamber of Commerce. Tina, you should do this. I took the advice that everyone gave me and at least felt it out to feel if it would be genuine or true for me. And so at 25 years old, I would be in, in networking groups with people who've been in business for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, and they would offer me advice and I would write it down and they would then invite me to other places and I would go there. And so I learned how to build a business from other people who owned businesses and it doesn't mean I did everything they said, but I was open to the concept of everything they said. And I ran it through the filter of, was it genuine to who I was and what I wanted to create? And so I gave it the opportunity. Um, and then a really key definitive thing for me that I still tell patients about to this day who own businesses is I'm not one person. I am two people and I see them as very different people. So my name is Dr. Tina and I take care of patients all day long. I provide upper cervical chiropractic care where that comes first, first and foremost. I am also Tina M. Gottlieb Chiropractic who owns a business and is the actual boss of Dr. Tina. And so I see those as being two roles that are definitive of each other. Somewhere in there is Tina, the mom and the wife and the, you know, like to have a personal life. But there are moments when Dr. Tina wins and there are moments when the business owner wins and there are moments when we have to kind of figure out the balance. But I still to this day think that's one of my greatest successes is I keep them very, very separate from each other. That's so awesome. You know, the thing I think about is the book that we all read together. What was that book by Todd Harmon? Do you remember the title? Oh, yes. Um, the Alter Ego Effect. The one of my Alter favorite Ego. Books. Yes. <laughs> And that's what you just said. You know, sometimes we have to get outside of ourselves, that entrepreneur, and go to the other side so that we can thrive in whatever thing that we're doing. You know, I love hearing your story, Dr. Tina, because not only did you have a passion at a very young age that was caused by a problem that you encountered, but there was a season that I heard you say there was a point of despair. I'm never going to be this. I never can do this. I'm never going to be given this opportunity because of the pain that I'm experiencing. But yet you were able to get outside of that place of pain and position yourself to go to that next place. You know, when I think about motivation and inspiration, which is what our podcast is all about, we want to inspire people to take action. We want to inspire people out of that muddy place that they're in to take that action. What were those things that really charged you up to say, I can do this and I will do it. Now watch me. Yeah, I, I don't give up easily. I think that's pretty clear. But also I'm persistent in the way that I like knowledge. So I'm willing to keep looking for answers. So I knew I was on the right track with chiropractic, but I wasn't getting the best of the results. So chiropractors, they've been to the neurologist, they've been everywhere and they're frustrated, but they still keep looking for solutions. They keep looking for a way. And so many of my successes in life have come from being willing to look outside the box, that it does not have to be a straight line. It does 
does not have to be what you think. It could be something completely different. And so when those things have come to me, it's because I was willing to see them. And I think that has helped me in many points along the way. I love it. I want to chime in really quickly because what I heard without any certainty or any doubt, when you know that you know that you know, don't give up entrepreneurs, don't give up dreamers, don't give up idea maniacs because there's something that's charging inside of your heart that needs to get out. It's time to take that passion outside and make it external unto the world because you were designed to make an impact. I love that, Tina. You knew and you kept forging ahead. You learned the information that you needed to learn that allowed you to go to that next place. I was also not willing to take no for an answer. Um, when I was just about to graduate, I actually had dinner with the doctor who actually got me into chiropractic and her husband, who was also a chiropractor. And they said to me, you know, we know you love this upper cervical work, but we need you to have a reality check in that you don't have the financial backing to launch that type of a practice. You're going to need to work for someone else. You're going to need to do more traditional chiropractic. And then if you want to add it to your practice, you know, in five or 10 years, you can do that. And here I looked at these people that were my, my um, idols, if you will. And I said, no. Absolutely not. I will not wait five or 10 years to practice this. This is how I will do it. And I will find a way to make that happen. And I think that's what it takes is you just got to hold on to your passion, even if you don't see the path completely before you. That's it. Step that goes faith. with, yes, yes, yes. And you know, and I'm going to hand it over to Misty, but that's called persistence. And we talk about that in our book, The 31 Laws of Inspiration. We talk about that in the previous episode, the need to say, no doesn't mean no. No may mean not right now. No means I'm still pressing ahead. You don't stop. You don't stop the show for the sake of hearing those two letters in O. No. Misty. I just want to tag to that because I know being in the fields that the three of us are in, there's definitely experts in those fields who have uh, success in their own right. And they had their path to that success and they're, they're wise and they could look back and give what what's then and what's now and, and maybe some steps to, to get there. But when you're taking that, a book we read says, take counsel. You're not getting advice. You're not getting told what to do. You're taking counsel. And in taking counsel, that just means you're in taking the information, the information you already got, the information that you read, and then you're deciphering it before you take your next, next steps. You're not just, oh, the expert said this, so let me jump. Taking counsel allows you to be part of that conversation and there's lots of people in this world that just because it hasn't been done before, imagine if they just stopped. Oh, that's not been done. Okay, yeah, I better do it this way. Instead of pushing forward, and, and I want to go in on record saying, Dr. Tini, you probably are thinking people need relief faster. I need to get out there. I can't wait five years. There's, there's people out there that need me today. And what is five years going to do? What, how are they going to be in five years if they don't have relief? And I have this skill that can give them relief. I'm not waiting five years. There's another way. Am, am I not mistaken? Oh, absolutely. It's, it had to be with integrity for me, too, that if I knew that this is what it took and this detailed, specific work that was so hard to achieve and to learn, if that's what it took for me to get well, that's what my patients deserved. And there was no in-between for me. I love that. Um, we talk about this all the time. It's if you put your niche, your and you got, what a great niche. You have your niche, you have your consumer, you have your customer, and you're putting them first. You're going to get to where we all want to be, which is raving fans. And that's people that support you in whatever you do. And they're just talking about you bringing others to you. 
And a, a couple of fun things that I love and that I know and I want to bring out here is one of your raving fans is your daughter. That's and right. even at a young age, people were coming to your chiropractor office because uh, this little girl or their, their student or their, the, your daughter was telling them, oh, you have migraines. My mom could help that. Yeah. Mm. She referred me her first patient when she was three. Um, oh my goodness. Mind you, she grew up in my practice, you know, the first years of her life. And even when she was off doing, you know, her own life, she comes here all the time and she's around the office and what happens. And she hears the language and the stories at home at night. So she's been her whole life listening to it. But when she was three, one of the teachers at preschool was having a really bad headache and was hurting. And she asked her if she was okay. And she said, no, I have a really bad headache. And my daughter looked at her and said, my mom can fix that. And the next day, without knowing, she took the business card out of my purse and she brought it to her teacher and said, you need to call my mom so she can fix you. Really? And um, her, that, that uh, teacher is still my patient to this day. And no, she does not have headaches anymore. She just comes in for wellness care to maintain it. But that's how clearly she sees it in her mind's eye. It, it frustrates her when people don't just get it. She's like, just go see my mom. She'll fix it. And that adds to when, when we do, when me and Kim do our coaching, we're like, you're what you do needs to be so clear that anyone with a headache can realize I can at least try this out. And your message was so clear in your results that your three-year-old daughter knew not only to tell someone about you, but to sneak it to your part, grab a business card to be like, if you're in pain, this, my mom can do that. And Oh my God, we could do a whole training just oh. around that in, in your marketing that your three-year-old can do it for you. Yeah. The, other thing I have is when you have something amazing, and I know from you, I've gotten pillows, I've gotten different things, but you are not scared. And I, I want to go into a value talk and what we do with our people that we coach. And Kimberly coaches this to me all the time. I'm one of her best students in this is when you charge a certain level, people look at you crazy. But when you're focusing on what you charge, that's not going to work. You truly have to focus on what, what it is that you're doing. And I, I love that you have a, a great answer for that because I bought a $70 pillow and I was like $5 pillows before. And I'm like, I don't know. And Dr. Tina said, Oh, we'll continue getting more adjustments or feeling uncomfortable. But if you make this investment now, that's going to take care of it for a long while. But if the choice is still yours, I didn't feel pressured but you are a renowned expert, in my opinion, on value, not price. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. We actually are in the process of thinking about adding to our website. Yes, we are the most expensive. We realize that, but there's a reason why and we're worth it. We were trying to figure out a nice way to put that on our website. Um, <laughs> it, it just comes without question. I mean, people ask me all the time on the phone, well, how much do you charge? And it's not about what I charge per visit. It's not about what I charge over the course of a month or six months. It's about what it takes for you to get well and get your life back. And I'm very aware, aware of that value because patients always say to me, you know, Tina, my business has doubled since I've seen you because now I can work all the time and I feel great. And I know the statistics on how much this country loses in lost work and in money due to last, lack of productivity from pain and discomfort. Mm -hmm. So even if you just talk about those who are really severe, I know that the value of what they get from my care is huge. Um, that's something I struggle. Everybody, you meet them at their own place in the world and how to express that to them. So I may have to take Kimberly's lessons on that as well. Um, but that is so true is that it's about the value of what they get. And so 
so often people are hung up on the dollar amount per visit. They're like, well, what do you charge per visit? And my answer should be, well, not enough. We're, we're going to raise those again soon. But when I tell them I charge $85 a visit, they're like, well, that's a lot. And I'm like, right. But how much have you spent over migraines in the last 10 years? And what yes. if I told you that you have an 80% chance in the next six months of having a 90 plus percent reduction in your migraines? What is that worth to you? And that whole value costs $2,200. That doesn't sound like a lot at this point, does it? $2,200 sounds like nothing that you would just write a check to. So it's the dichotomy of how you look at it, the $85 per visit or the $2,200 to have your life back. Yeah, me, I don't think I, I charge enough. You are speaking someone's language. I love that. Add to this. I, I Please add to this. Well, I think I, I so love everything that you said, Tina, because I think sometimes there's these value statements or things that people accomplish that we don't have on writing. You know, when you say getting your life back, that's not on your website. That's not on your statement. But what happens is they have better sleep. They have better mood. They're more productive. They're more creative. There's other things that happen as a byproduct of laying in your chair or laying on your table that we can't quantify or even in some ways put the words to help them understand. But we know in our head that we're gonna change your life. We're gonna change your life. If you're willing to make that small investment, because even though it's higher value or higher price than the marketplace or those around you, we know that the return is so much greater. Having worked with entrepreneurs in business as well as, as in health, I've seen the change, the transformations that can happen. And I only imagine that yours are triple fold as people come into your workplace and see the change in their lives. So I don't have any more to add to that. that that's, that's exactly what I preach about. So I love it, Tina. Thank you for sharing your insights on that value aspect of it. I also want to dive into impact because um, I, you have the value and I hope you don't raise them too much. I am a client, but I'm bummed. But I will pay whatever you charge, not only because of relief, because I see what you do in the community. And that's important to me. Uh, working for a nonprofit for over 20 years, you give so much to Oak Grove. You make sure people come and buy the food. You stop by uh, the place and you donate anything you have extra. You come speak for free to our staff to ensure that we're eating and that we're, our ergonomics are great. You know, there's uh, Michelle's place. You're a huge supporter of them. The other day there was bring an lunchbox for another thing. You buy random gift cards around town to have people stop by and try a new business on you. So I think it's one thing to have value, but it's another thing to have value and impact and see that you love and care about your community and supporting those in your community so much that you even start it because all your free time, right? You started a audacious group of women. Tell us about Audacious. Uh, audacious is my gem. I love Audacious. Uh, first, I want everybody to know that Audacious means to be bold, daring, and brave. And I think it's so important to realize that in life, our most successful moments and driven driven things that we try to accomplish come from when we're being audacious. It's, it's how you step outside the box. It's how you do something different. And what's audacious for me may not be the slightest, but audacious for Kimberly and vice versa. So it's a very to yourself thing, I think. 
But so I love that word and it's really resonated with me for a long time. Um, a number of years back, I gave a keynote presentation on it in front of several hundred women and it just was the core of how I've become what I've become and how I do what I do every day. And so it really was a culmination of the word that kept coming back to me and then looking at the patients that were in my practice and seeing these just incredible women who run families, run businesses, give back to their communities. They're the CEO of nonprofits. They're the CEOs of companies and they're doing all of these things. And as they would get healthier and feel better, they would do more and they would impact the community more. And I realized I loved seeing them every day. Like I'd see their names on the, on the schedule and I'd be like, yes, Misty is coming in. I get to talk to Misty today. And I thought, you know, that's so true when you surround yourself with people who inspire you and motivate you, who are similar to you, but maybe not the exact same, it's motivating. So I created Audacious to bring together like-minded women so that we, like, we may not have the same career, the same type of business, but we're in business. We're all professional women. So when you spend an hour in a room with, with 30 or 40 of those women, you leave there on fire, ready to go do more of what you do and give back more. And so to me, it, it's just it's a simple connection of my practice and my community to create it. And I love hosting it. That's awesome. And I'll tell you, ladies out there, that I have attended Audacious and I love it. There's an en energy inside the group and there's always lessons learned. So even though you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're the top of your life and your career, you're still going to walk away with some nuggets that will change the way you do things. So Tina, I thank you for bringing Audacious to our community. I know it's pri primarily local in the Temecula Marietta area, but with COVID, you kind of went virtual and was able to welcome some people in from other places to experience the greatness. Now, as a leader in our community, because you're not just a business owner, you're a leader in our community, I want to talk to our audience, because I know many people are out there wanting to do more or in a position and trying to figure out how they can have a greater impact at the same time, create a greater income. I want you to share with us maybe three things that you think are critical to help individuals step from where they are and help them get to that new place. And these are tips that you personally use, but also advice that you can share with people out there in the marketplace. Well, certainly to know the value of what you provide, even if you're brand new, once you're an expert at your field and you've invested in the education and the knowledge that comes with it, there's comes a point where you just have to be honest with yourself that, that you're worth the value of it and that you are the best person for your clients. Um, I think when it comes to creating something like I did when I moved to Temecula, I literally knew no one in Temecula when I moved here. My family all lived in Riverside. And I just walked into the Temecula Valley Chamber of Commerce and introduced myself and just started going to places that people invited me. And sometimes you have to be willing to make those little steps and make those little introductions to people. And I didn't do any of it looking for a sale. I looked at it for relationships. It was all about relational capital. I just wanted to know people and be around other people because I knew that that's where it comes from. I don't want clients to come here because the word chiropractor hangs over my door. I want them to come here because they know that I'm the best fit for them. And if they're not, I'll refer them somewhere else. So early on, it was about that relational capital. And that's still for me what it's about today. And I always, always knew that we all have our time, we have our talent, and we have our treasure. 
And it doesn't matter if you're early and starting out where your treasure is something that you can't spare any of, then you can give of your time and your talent. And at other points in your life, when you're having a baby and trying to do it all, you might give a little bit more of your treasure to offset that. But I'm a firm believer that if we all start somewhere with those little baby steps of giving consistently of your time, your talent, and your treasure to places in your community that you love, that has a ripple effect and that only grows. So when I go to Oak Grove Culinary Creations and buy a $100 gift card and divide it into 10 different gift cards to hand out to random people in my practice, that's a $10 gift card they get. But I know now that maybe that's going to be one of their best customers that they're going to get. Maybe somebody who goes there is going to be a huge corporate customer and end up, you know, being a major supporter of Oak Grove. So I may never know how that ripple effect ends, but I know that I can certainly start the wave and let it go and that those little things matter. And then the one other thing I would add to that is that I wish I had known earlier on is that you can delegate. It's okay to delegate. You don't need to have that mindset that you need to do it all. I, I want to say I was very guilty of the not delegating mindset for a long time. And I think it held me back. I think it slowed my success. I think when possible, you should hire people who are experts in their field to be your trusted advisors. Let them do what they do to get you time so you can do what you do. And also they tend to do things better than you would have anyways. I have this rock star assistant who sits out front who I am constantly writing in my gratitude journal. I am grateful for Adriana. Like I'm like, and every day I tell myself, maybe you shouldn't say that every single day, but I'm grateful every single day for her and what she does so that I can help my patients. I love that. Love that. You know, as I listen to the joy that I hear, it's joy that I hear coming from your heart. You talked about time, talent, and treasures, three of my favorite things to talk about. But I want to say this, Tina, as I, Dr. Tina, let me correct myself. As I listen to you, I would think, wow, this doctor, this chiropractor has had an amazing career, an amazing journey. And that would really be a disservice to my community that's listening to our show. Because we know with, with there's an opposite and equal reaction to everything that we encounter. I want to talk about a time when you had you were in the valley, where you had that valley moment and how you as a persistent go-getter, I'm going to win. How did you get yourself out of that, that valley to get back up to that mountaintop to be where you are today? Because I know it happened. I, ju I just want to say, I know that. Yeah. So... Um, there's certainly been other moments in life, but one that I think is pretty, pretty good example of this is um, in January of 2018, I was at a huge company giving a presentation and my watch just did not stop vibrating. And I'm, I'm standing in front of all these people talking, thinking, why on earth is my watch just vibrating like crazy? Turns out my office was flooded. My office had water pouring out the front door into the breezeway. Um, I got to my office a few hours later to find my x-ray machine, my equipment, everything that I used to do my job underwater. It was a complete and total loss. And I walked in and I got this eerie, eerie, calm feeling. And I, I, and I had a moment where I thought, wow, you were really chill for someone who just walked in to find everything destroyed. And I thought, you know what? It's going to be okay. This is going to work out. We're just going to do the next logical thing right now. We're going to call our insurance company and we're just going to keep moving forward and dealing with this. And um, I managed to see patients with an office that had carpet ripped up, that had walls ripped out. Um, it took me six weeks to put it back together. And I 
was commented on by so many of my patients that I just maintained the best attitude the entire time and stayed positive about it. It was a ridiculous number of hours of work dealing with insurance companies and things like x-ray equipment. And I saw patients through that entire ordeal. I put my office back together completely. And then I driving to work one morning after I finished with all of that six weeks later thought, okay, you were exhausted, but you get a vacation in four days. You get a week off in four days. You can do this. And I opened the front door to my office to find it completely submerged in water. Oh, no. Again, worse this time, actually. This time, walls had to be destroyed. That brand new x-ray machine was a complete and total loss. Um, I thought I was going to lose it. And I um, saw the building manager when she got there for the emergency. And I looked at her and I said, you will have me in a new office tomorrow to see patients. Make that happen. Somehow the next day I was in an office that um, was vacant somewhere. The IT had hooked it up. It was just chaos. We had an open office seeing patients the next day. And I remember walking down the hall. It was about two days later. It was that Friday before my vacation started. And there were, were not enough chairs for my patients. There were people sitting on the floor. There were people sitting and talking. And they were all having a stinking party in this temporary office while I was trying to flip them all in. And I thought, this is why you have to have a good attitude because these people will follow you. They are here for what you provide, not for the walls or or what's around it. Um, And I kept a really good attitude through all of that. I I have to say, though, that by the time the office was put back together a second time, I started to feel the physical effects of it. Um, By that summer, um, the insurance company then canceled me and they said that I could no longer be their person. I paid them for over 20 years at this point, had two claims that were not my fault, 100% proven. And they still said, you cost us too much money. You're now uninsurable, which apparently made me uninsurable to a lion's share of insurance companies. That was a hard moment for me. That was a moment where I really started to think, oh no, what am I going to do? Luckily for me, I went to a nonprofit event and pulled up my big girl panties and put on my Dr. Tina hat. And there were standing a bunch of women who know me really well. And they all said, what can we do to help you? Like, how do we figure this out for you? And that was when I realized who I needed to call, who was going to help me solve that problem. And I did. And, and so thank goodness I, you know, pulled up my big girl panties and went to this nonprofit to support someone else because it kind of made it clear what needed to happen. Um, my office did start to flood a third time, I hate to tell you, later, um, which we oh, were luckily oh. there and stopped it from being damaged. And in retrospect, I realized that my health had taken the biggest tumble from this event. It really, really was hard on me physically. And I think part of that, looking back on it, I only just realized this last year that I never really asked for help. People were willing to help me and I was so busy staying positive and staying in the moment and being a problem solver like I am that never did it occur to me to stop and hold up a white flag and say, I'm going to need some help. Does anybody want to help me do this? Because that would be amazing. So I had help from my family and from those who were who were around me and my team. But had I asked my community for it, I would have received gladly that assistance. And that was a big lesson for me. And I have to say, I just realized that last year, like as I was putting my health back together completely and finally with a little bow around it, I thought you could have asked for help and that would have been okay. So I did learn a big lesson there. Wow, that's so awesome. I'm so glad that I asked that question because now we get to hear the big story. But here's a couple things I took away. Number one, attitude is everything. I think that we have things that happen in our lives, but depending on our attitude that we carry in our head 
it's going to change us, that mindset. And, you know, here at Made to Inspire, Misty and me, we talk about mindset all the time. And what I believe, Tina, and you've heard this from me or maybe not, that a setback is a setup for a comeback. And based on what I've heard you say is that you rallied in, you asked for the help or maybe not, but the help came running to you, which allowed you to then put yourself back into position, but not only put yourself back into position, but get into a better position. So entrepreneurs, dreamers, idea maniacs, take the wise words of Dr. Tina as you pursue your dreams, as you pursue your passions, because it's, it's not a rocket science trick, but it is rocket science, if that makes sense. Because there are things that we have to do, but we have to step outside of ourselves to allow ourselves to get the things that we need so we can keep leveling up. How exciting. Dr. Tina, tell us, where can our audience find you? You can find me on my website, which is Dr. Tina Chiropractic. That's just D-R-T-I-N-A chiropractic.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Tina Chiropractic. We're so excited you've joined us. One thing I want to encourage you guys to do, make sure you sign up for our Passion to Profit webinar. That's kicking off tomorrow. It is a free webinar. And guess who's featured? The one and only Dr. Tina. We're telling more of her story. I know you've enjoyed it here today, but tomorrow you'll be able to plug into this, turn your passion into profit, just like Tina has and so many of our guests have as well. We want to help you on your journey to become the entrepreneur, the dreamer, or just to simply level up your business. And I know many of you are saying, I don't know how, I don't know what I need, and I don't know where to start. That's exactly what we're going to help you do. And I thank you so much, Dr. Tina, for being here with us today and sharing all these wonderful nuggets that will not only change Misty, right? Misty, me, everyone. Oh, I thought all you were talking us. to us personally. I forgot we had a podcast. I'm sorry. Like the thing, you don't know how aligned with where what we needed to hear today you were on on all aspects. It's hilarious. I'm like, oh yeah, you're not just talking to us. Okay, but others, I hope you understood some of that too, because I think it was just for us, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that out loud. Awesome. I agree with you, Misty. You couldn't have said it better. As we always say each and every week, there is something out there waiting for you. Now go get it. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter N, Inspire You. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.